Oh, sir, I don't like it. up everybody welcome to no sir pod i am carmen morales i am your host i am here uh your friendly neighborhood carmen it's fucking it's good to talk to you guys i'm doing a a psycho solo episode for you uh i do always feel uncomfortable doing these because i do always like i think of like a rush limbaugh or an alex jones like at, at the the beginning of it at the genesis of all of those archetypes was just a single person screaming into a microphone, and that is exactly how I feel. But I am also here to entertain, and I'm also probably not booking this as uh, efficiently as I possibly can. Um, but I will say this: I am having uh, the. <laughs> I, I think I think sexting is making me smarter. I think I re- I really do. Like I've been the amount of smut that I have been typing with my thumbs has significantly increased because you know I'm not being like every other fucking comedian out there right now I'm not still dude I just did this show okay okay I did this show the other night and there was uh it was (laughs) there was like four chicks on them and every single one of them were talking about like first dates that they went on and and then talking about how woke they were in the same it was just so goddamn trite I'm just so how like how when you've had this much time to think about anything, inward, outward, thinking about what's happening, thinking about literally anything, but they still always want to talk about boys. This shit fucking frustrates the fuck out of me, dude. Like, I've been, <laughs> I've been arguing with dudes my whole life, been like, bitches are more than pussies. They're more than just a counterpart. They got their own thoughts. They think about big things. All this shit, and then it's just so fucking frustrating when, uh, when back to back to back, every just like so. I went on this first day, and it sucked. Next story, very similar, and it's also just like, dude, if you're failing every single, if you're failing every single first day at this point, when are you gonna look within? Hmm. When? When? When is when is it a time to be self reflective? All of this fucking therapy that all of these people are going to, nobody becomes any more tolerable of a human being. It's just so, uh, whatever. I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> I didn't mean to start. <laughs> I didn't mean to start this off like that. I got so much petty that I got to get off my chest. Um, and I will. And I will, because this episode's just us, just me and you, baby, me and you. Um, I. <laughs> I got stoned and was reading this interesting, uh, not, I don't think anything, I don't think telling anybody any, anything is interesting is interesting. So I'll just get into this. There is a rat. There is a rat that is winning an award for being like a, a bomb sniffing rat. I think it was, what was the fucking, <laughs> I'm so mad that I don't have a uh, Jamie like uh, Rogan does to have something pulled up. It's a rat called Magwala. That was awarded a prestigious gold medal in Cambodia for landmine detection. I <laughs> I've been like, okay, I'm year of the rat, so um I've always been pro like I'm not for rats. Don't get me wrong. I don't want the world to be littered with them. I like them from afar. I like the idea of a rat. But I remember going down a rabbit hole about them because I was watching this documentary about them. Like there's there was this documentary on, on uh, Netflix called I think it was just called Rats. Because they uh, mainly because through my whole life, I my mom's super terrified of them. And I've always been like fascinated by them. Plus the whole idea, like since I'm F Italian. There's always the the mob element of somebody being a rat. I never want to be a rat. All of that shit. And then uh, fucking. <laughs> so I, w- I was watching this documentary and these fucking rats are incredible. The fact that the fact that they're actually 
paralleling kind of what we're doing to the entire earth, but just in New York City. Like they're multiplying at a rate that we're the exterminators and they're evolving. That's the other thing too, is like they're also evolving. They're <laughs> they're not only spreading, they're also figuring out how to not be killed. Like how do you not give respect to an animal like that? Are they gross? Absolutely. Are they riddled with disease? A lot of them probably. Are they annoying? Yes. But the thing is, is you can't appreciate, like you got to be able to appreciate the ingenuity of this animal. They're basically becoming like cockroaches in the rodent form. You know, like they, one of the exterminators was talking about how like, how they've, how they've evolved in that like some of them have, uh, they like if they see a dead rat or they smell poison on a dead on a dead rat they know not to fuck with the trap anywhere near or around it like they're starting to figure out like and also some of them if they see a dead rat or they see a trap they'll tell the other rats about it it to warn them and to like to guide the other rats to not fucking die like dude I think we picked the wrong animal for the people who rat on their friends. Like that rat is quite literally trying to get people. And some of them are really clever in that like they'll, they'll <laughs> like an older, more wise rat will kind of like an old headliner type that I've featured on the road for plenty of times. will just be like, you go out there, you see how bad it is. And they'll like let these younger rats go and be dumb and fucking you know, be way more curious and inquisitive about something that they don't understand. And then when those die, then the older rats are like, good, don't go over there. Like, they're like, <laughs> how do you not respect that? God damn, I just thought that was so fucking interesting. And now there is a rat in Magwala in fucking Cambodia for, for finding landmines. Man, like, I think we're I think we fucked up. I think we fucked up. I think we should have done more of like a He-Man type of situation as far as like relationships with our animals where they're doing way more cool shit. Like, wouldn't you want to ride a tiger? Well, like, fuck riding a tiger. Like, there's tigers are also so much cooler than. Uh, but also, what kind of asshole would we be if we're giving a tiger a job? Like, they should just be a tiger, you know? I don't know. Um <laughs> I, it's just driving me, it's just driving me crazy that so many comedians, like, cause I do all these online shows, right? And I'm present and I'm part of it. I'm here. I'm checked in. I'm clocked in. I'm ready to make people laugh regardless of how I feel. And there's just so many comics that just want to talk about how it's the end of the world. And, and that's fine. Like, listen, Eddie, two words, Eddie fucking Pepitone, okay? He's been talking about it being the end of the world for, I don't know, a decade? Brett Erickson's another one, former guest on the podcast. Go listen to his episode. Also, another person, it's just now because there is a pandemic happening, everybody wants to have a shitty, boring take about how this is the end times and how this is, uh, how this is the apocalypse, how this is everything. And all it really does is it makes these fucking comedians sound like a bunch of pussies. Like, dude, I get it. You're a rich kid that had to move back in with your parents. I get it. You, you're going to right now you're earning your place in the fucking will. And maybe that sucks for you, but also shut up. Maybe, maybe, uh, Maybe people who are fucking barely holding it together, who have three kids, are trying to teach their kids, hold a marriage together, not lose their fucking mind. Or some of them maybe that are working. Yeah, they're, they're maybe they're they're essential workers. Maybe their their job is actually keeping other fucks like you alive during this time. How about you just shut the fuck up for two goddamn seconds and think about anybody else? Lord Jesus Christ, if I believed in him, I would call on him right now. <laughs> yeah, dude, I think rats are cool. They do kind of weird me out. They're one of those animals that's kind of like, uh, it's, I, they're not a predator. I know that, but I have the kind of same kind of respect that I do for a predator. Like, I just remember hearing all of these stories uh, from New York City. Like, I remember a friend of mine, and granted, these are all stories. This was all pre-internet before anybody could fact check all of this, not all of them, but some of them. Like I remember I had a friend of mine, because before you know, 
a friend of a friend would <laughs> it everything always happened to a friend of the a friend of a friend like all of the the uh, early on covid stories were always like a friend away it was always a friend of a friend doesn't mean that they didn't happen i'm not saying that i'm just saying it's just an odd coincidence that friend of friend of a friend was always the story this was coming from i uh a friend of a friend was staying in new york city was asleep uh, on like a futon or something like that and their hand was like dangling down off of the futon and they were there dead asleep I think might have been in like a drunken sleep too so pretty fucking deep sleep and a rat came and these I don't know if you've heard the rumors or heard the stories but the rats in New York City are not like regular rats they're like they're almost like rats with a degree in survival. They, they, they have, they're uh, incredible. They're huge. They're gross. They're gnarly. Like they're everywhere too. Uh, I guess a New York city rat came into that apartment while that person was sleeping on that futon and bit off the middle finger of this person. Mid off their, just fucking bit it off. Just fucking, just bit off their fucking middle finger like to this to the like just to the first knuckle or in between the first and second knuckle like not even enough where yeah you lose dexterity or anything but just enough to be like fuck you i got you bitch like man the balls the balls on an animal that is easily consumable and i get that's part of the reason why they're overrun in new york city is they don't have any natural predators there's there's not enough fucking alley cats uh, to kill these slew, you know, we we we'd need we would need like a like a teenage mutant ninja cat, like that's what we need. We need like like seven maybe, not like five, but like seven different. Maybe we could call them all the different continents. That could be their name instead of like all the teenage mutant ninja turtles. Instead of those being all of these artists, I think we could if we had like seven cats, seven mutant cats that had all different weapons like one of them had a flamethrower one of them had um katanas uh one of them had one of those like ball and paddle things like maybe he was like the dumb one you know there's always like a dumb one um maybe <laughs> maybe we could have uh, one of them that has just like a shrill voice and that just murders slews of rats all at the same time um i and then they could all be called like one of them could be antarctica one one of them could be australia one of them could be north america and south america maybe they're a pair of twins but they're fraternal twins but not like actual twins not like a identical twins but maybe like a boy and a girl uh fucking twin combo that uh both use the same weapon but use them differently um <laughs> and maybe those those could be the only thing that i think would be able to kill these uh these evolved rats i don't know if you guys are uh getting into the <laughs> all this creepy rat talk is it's very halloween-esque i didn't even mean for it to happen are you i don't are you one of those people are you one of those people that watch a lot of fucking halloween stuff um like seasonal are, are you a seasonal consumer do you watch a lot of like what because the, there's some people i know that once october 1st hits the black island eyeliner gets so much thicker and uh, all the purple drapery comes out and everybody is just like they get they get the chris it's the same thing as the christmas spirit but it's the halloween spirit you know hail satan and all that uh it's the you know what it is it's, they're like the they're the, that's the catholics for uh satanism you know it's in october all of a sudden they give a shit they pull out the black altar they have a seance you know let's talk to grandma pull out the ouija board it's <laughs> <laughs> it's their time of the year to pretend like they give a shit about this one particular thing um i like the halloween shit i was never really into it uh, my relationship with horror movies and stuff like that is kind of sad in that for the longest time uh my pops right uh cuckoo bird 101 my crazy dad who i absolutely adore uh who by the way has ever since he found out i have my own machete has been really chill with me it hasn't really started any fights with me he's uh he's been a delight once he found out i am armed as well um <laughs> he, he because he had like horrific dreams like my dad has like because of the bipolar and shit and like him being part hom homicidal part suicidal his 
uh, he would have these homicide ideations like night terrors and ha- would have horrific fucking dreams, him murdering people, you know, body parts always coming out, like uh, the people being ripped open, like all kinds of these like really gnarly, gruesome dreams. So when I was a kid, because he thought he could like help my development or something, wouldn't he wouldn't let me watch any horror movies. I didn't watch any. I did like sneak and watch Hellraiser, I think, the guy with the pin face. I did watch that with the Mr. Mr. Uh, Pincushion guy, which wasn't scary to me because that's all I thought about is I thought about how my mom had these tiny little uh, tomato pin cushions in her sewing box that she only ever used like twice a year because she wasn't a sewer. She had this tomato cushion that had all these pins in it. So when I saw that guy, I was just like, oh, it's tomato face with the fucking pins in his <laughs> pins in his head. I didn't I wasn't scared. <laughs> it wasn't scary. Um, I did think it was weird. I have watched movies that have made me feel eerie afterwards. Like it's usually something that's like more creepy than gruesome. I did remember seeing the movie the blob and it creeped me out but I think it creeped me out and was also one of the only movies where I think I got to see people make out or something so I I, if I remember correctly I've liked the movie because at the time I don't think I had ever seen people either have you know softcore or whatever the fuck you want to call it in horror movies where they show an unnecessary sex scene I guess it's to keep people engaged until the gore comes out but there was I think that was like one of the first movies I had seen ever in my life where I got to see adults or people be kind of like wow I didn't know like that's crazy that I'm seeing that right now and it was the blob the original blob from like whatever 19 who gives a fuck and and then I remember being creeped out. It was between that and fucking Ghostbusters 2. I remember being creeped out, like always thinking when I would turn on a faucet, like some kind of fucking weird slime would come out. Like I would get, I was going to get blobbed. That's what I was worried about. I was, I thought I was going to get blobbed. Uh, but in hindsight, it might have just been that I was fearful of being a blob since my dad told me nobody would love me if I was fat. Turns out he was wrong. Fat people get love all the time. Um... But the blob thing creeped me out, and and I, so I never really watched a lot of horror movies as a kid. And then, um, even as like an a, I remember seeing. And this is probably what I was like. I was still like late teens, maybe. I remember seeing the Exorcism of Emily Rose. I did love the. Uh, I always loved the zombie movies. I was a big fan of those, but that was just because it was like a puzzle to me of like how to figure out how to survive, which is part of the reason why I loved Left 4 Dead, if you guys remember that fucking video game. There's only like nine video games throughout my entire life. I I was <laughs> I was a very monogamous video game player. Like, for instance, I would play, I played uh, not very many, but the games that I did play, I played until the very end, and I would only want to play them. For instance, I... Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. That's an, that's one of them that I played in high school. I played Final Fantasy Tactics on a PS One, a place the first the first PlayStation, and I loved that game because it was like it was like amped up chess. It was like amped up battle fighting where you would have to like juice up these characters, and then you would place them on a battlefield and they would fight type of situation. And then I played Final Fantasy Tactics Advance when it came out on the Advance. Um, Grand Theft Auto 3 because I could commit crimes and get away with it while listening to fucking opera in a in a plus I love the cheat codes that was super fun in um Midnight Run oh shit fucking Midnight Run do you guys remember that game I, I bet you only nine of you fucking remember that game but it was like a a racing game before like um before Grand Turismo or whatever Gran Torino whatever the fuck not Gran Torino not the fucking <laughs> not the racist against Asian movies with the fucking Clint Eastwood but there was there was uh I don't remember what it was called there was another game that came out where like all of like the Ferraris and stuff like you could do all these Gran T movie <laughs> Granty races with all of these dope ass cars that you could juice up and before that there wasn't a cool game like that so there was this there was this game called Midnight Run where you could like it was again like boosting cars you had to like race people to win their cars and blah 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 that was super fun but the 
I don't remember why I started talking about all these stupid video games. God damn it. Anyway, so I don't I don't have the foundation. I don't have the foundation that I think people who really love like if I can be super lame and and psychological about this, I think part of the reason people adore horror movies is because they have a, a sense of nostalgia of being scared in a safe environment. It's the same kind of idea like how people enjoy escape rooms. Ultimately, they know within in the back of their mind that they're going to be okay. But it's still like, ooh, a fun, like kind of like getting choke fucked, you know? Like at the end of this, you are pretty confident that you're not going to be dead. But ooh, let's get close. Like the idea of that... I don't have I don't have the nostalgia part of it. I don't have the the um the memories of because I didn't get to watch them as a kid. So I didn't get to f- be other than like the fucking blob and that's like a ridiculous thing to be genuinely scared of. Like I don't think I mean that that shit probably faded uh pretty before uh, before high school. That shit probably faded. And I watched scary movies since then, but nothing was ever realistic enough or maybe my imagination was just not into it enough that I was just get scared every once in a while like I said because because since my dad was in Santeria and all that shit like there is a an element of the supernatural that I kind of like maybe think might be a thing or like a not even like a supernatural but like um like a I guess it is supernatural like a ghost not a ghost but a spirit or the idea of the devil or whatever the case may be I think it was like maybe the exorcism of Emily Rose, the original exorcism. I finally watched all of these horror movies. I finally watched in as, as an adult. Like I just watched the evil dead for the first time. I just watched so many of these things. Cause I've been trying to engage, like trying to participate in a lot of these societal things that I never really gave a fuck about. So I just didn't participate in them, which is part of the reason why I don't care about a lot of things that people bitch about because I didn't uh, like let, all of these things that everybody said that I was so fucking supposed to care about to care about because of that I I lo- I lost out on a lot of that that just I just the people that love horror shit so much it just looks like so much fun to like like us like things like I still like how zombies look and I like a wolfman and I love a vampire and uh, I love the ideas of these characters but I don't don't get scared and I wish I did and I startle though you you give me a loud boo when I'm distracted yeah I'll jump I'll definitely give you a jump but I don't get the scared part and that's the part that I guess I'm kind of jealous of that people uh really get to enjoy this time of year I did (laughs) I started watching (laughs) I started watching this (laughs) I swear to dude dude cute cute people people that you think are cute like that's not and not even people that like Yes, people you're trying to fuck obviously influence you, especially if you it's in that sweet spot. You ever you know that sweet spot when you like enjoy somebody's company, but you guys haven't had sex yet. It's, a lot of times it'll happen at a workplace, or maybe it's like a barista that you go in, or a bartender, like somebody you go in and you have this flirty exchange over and over again, and and it and nothing has happened yet. All of that I love that part right before. The sexual tension part, that's a, such a big, I'm such a big fan of that, um, you know, that uh, teasing slash anticipation, uh, not to get all Rocky Horror Picture Show on it, but yet, like that kind of whole, I love it. I think it's so great. And in, in, in that, that's like a really lovely sweet spot where you can really allow yourself to be influenced by something that somebody else likes that maybe you never would have been into. Like, say somebody like fucking loves pop punk and you're like, yeah, I remember it. And then you just get because you're like intrigued by them or want to have sex with them or just are attracted to them in any way, shape or form, even if it's like a friendship type of situation or you just think this person is interesting in any way, um, you know, or if somebody at your job is is into fucking I don't know like it was super into pumpkin carving and you're just like oh okay that's like a thing I would have never thought to think about like <laughs> I, I, I try to do a bit about this but it's the same kind of thing like if you if you'd ever date somebody you actually like you end up like 
having to compromise and consuming the shit that like like the dude I used to date was like super into documentaries and I fucking couldn't like I am so cartoon only like, <laughs> like I'm definitely a, a stunted like young teen as far as like what I like to consume so it's just like you're there like watching a boring seven hour Ken Burns Vietnam documentary where like I don't need to know any of this ever I don't, I'm not going to repeat Vietnam. Like, I don't need to. (laughs) And sure, we could go through the loophole of what is that? What do you need to know and not need to know? And and everybody chooses whatever. Like, But my point is, is you end up consuming shit that you obviously wouldn't be consuming had it not been for somebody adorable. And uh, and that goes back to like a thing that Stanhope was talking about. If you guys went back and go back and listen to that episode is just having a cute girl tell you to do something like handing you a book and be like, you should read this. Um, it is that, but it's everybody. It's not just, it's not just, um, so anyways, this cute dude has like a lame, like guilty pleasure that he was telling me about. And, uh, and it's this thing on the fucking food network called Halloween wars, which only happens once a year. And all it is, is people who there is a, pumpkin carver a baker like a person who makes cakes and somebody that spins uh sugar like somebody that basically is a glass blower but out of sugar and all they do is they make these big displays out of those three things (laughs) and they compete with each other and i think this entire archetype of show because there's plenty of these the cake wars there's fucking decorate your gingerbread house uh cunt show there's fucking all of them there's there's a christmas war first of all i don't know why all of them have to have wars i don't know why there's always a fight um but there is there is no fighting there is no fighting everyone seems pretty fucking polite and uh the same thing like the great british bake-off like all of these shows i think and they're so huge uh because i was looking up the demographics of people that like these shows it's so huge in like people from like you know like 30 to 45 usually have kids like and I I think I understand why everybody likes them is it's adults getting to watch something get done in an hour because all of these shows are like an hour long an hour an hour to fucking uh some of them are like 43 minutes some of them are a half hour All you get to do is watch somebody start a task, complete that task in an hour. Because as an adult with children, do you ever get anything fucking done in an hour? No. A to-do list is fucking never ending. You can never not get your shit done. You never get your fucking shit done. So it makes so much sense to be like a weird kind of accomplishing catharsis to watch these shows where somebody is like, oh, I'm going to make a scorpion out of cake and have him stabbing this guy that's blown out of chocolate and they're like look at the thing you made you got it done fuck yeah I still haven't done my taxes like it's (laughs) like I think that's the whole thing like just how how in reality television everybody just wants to hate on someone you know Everybody wants to collectively watch a dynamic and be like, I don't like her. And I like it, it appeases that pettiness that we all have within us, uh, which is fucking human. You can be the nicest person in the world. I know because I know one of the nicest people in the world. And even she has her fucking petty moments like it. it it's just a way to satiate a, like a carnal thing that we have inside of us. Uh, through like it, it's just so fascinating how they figured out a way to exploit every single thing that uh, we have. <laughs> but it's funny, and I'm watching it just because a cute guy watches it and he told me about it, so I watch it and I make fun of him. And but they just make it's also the most fucking wasteful of all of these. Look what I did shows like because they just make a huge cake and the sugar and these t- like these treats and the fucking candies, and then what happens at the end of the show they just toss all of it I'm not saying I want to eat it I'm not a big cake person to be honest with you in every single show if you want to hear like I will sum up every single show every single show is so uh I decided to make the zombie out of Rice Krispie Treats cover it in fondant and then put modeling chocolate and that's every single thing 
that they make. I decided this carved pumpkin, uh, fondant, modeling chocolate, and a cake tasting out. Like, those are all the words that you hear over and over again throughout the entire fucking show. <laughs> I'm making fun of it, but throughout the entire episode, I'm going, holy shit. Wow, I didn't even know you could make that out of chocolate. Like, the whole time. I'm shitting on it. I'm also actually uh, impressed. Who doesn't love... You know what it is? It was, like, kind of at the beginning of... uh, Kind of the beginning of the shutdown when everybody started fucking making sourdough. You know, I was just like, oh, look, look. You can make a thing. Look at you. (laughs) But I will say it is a... It is interesting enough where you could stare at it and let your mind not think about anything. It's kind of like a two and a half men type of show, like type of experience. So many people hate two and a half men. And I understand why, because it's uh, it's trash, but it's a formula that works in that. It's something for you to stare at for 23 minutes and your brain isn't overly consuming anything it's not overthinking it's just enough distraction to where you go oh yes yeah, and there is a that's a there's a purpose for that and there's a purpose for the like all of these shows like i don't watch any of this shit i just started watching this i've just started trying to get myself to watch anything outside of uh i fucking told you guys about it about the fucking old comedies like that's the only thing i was consuming and now because uh I think I'm in a better place. Uh, I think I'm doing our whatever. I'm just starting to like partis trying to participate in society in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so I started watching some of this shit, and it's <laughs> I get why it exists, but it's just so stupid to me. Um, <laughs> hey y'all, hope you're enjoying this episode of No Sir Pod with just me, Carver Morales. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast, please, and thank you. Patreon.com slash NoSirPod if you want to throw money at me. You know I'm all about that shit. Also, make sure you're following me at the funny Carmen. that's C-A-R-M-E-N, at NoSirPod. Got a couple of cool things coming up on 10-23, October 23rd. That is a Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific. 10 p.m. Eastern, I will be doing a live No Sir Pod at the World Famous Comedy Store with previous guest of the podcast, Mr. Brad Williams. Um, going to be super excited about it. It's going to be out on the patio. We're going to be in the window. It's going to be socially distant as fuck. And, you know, just trying to help the store make some money. I got a social D show on 1024. That's my birthday show. I have Sarah Tiana and Aaron Jackson on that show with me. I'm pretty stoked about it. You get tickets on all of my social media stuff. Uh, I think that's pretty much all I got this week to promote. You guys are rad. Now let's get back into some shit that we don't like. Or that I don't like because it's just me. Speaking of petty, can I get into it? Oh, man. I, I love being able to make fun of myself. Uh... Because I think I think I think self-deprecation gets a bad rap. I do. And I think a lot of times and I've talked I think I've talked to you guys about this back when Brian was on the podcast. But I think that people misunderstand the purpose of self-deprecation. Like I think some people make fun of themselves because they hate themselves. And then I think some people make fun of themselves because they're shedding light on a piece of themselves that they think needs to be worked on. Or they think that, look how funny it is, this part of me that is ridiculous. Or it's also an acceptance of oneself. Like, look, yeah, my fucking toe's fucked up. What are you going to do, right? Yeah, I'll fucking pop that bitch in your your nostril. I don't give a shit. Like, there's so many things where... There's so many uh, different ways that you can use it. I think a lot of times everybody just puts it into the self-hatred part. And even if you're doing it in a in a sense of self-hatred, a lot of times that's not really what you hate yourself about. You're just making fun of, you're busting your own balls. That's the thing, is I love ball busting so much that I am not immune to it. I bust my own fucking balls. And, uh... <laughs> But I, but I am still a fucking uh, human, and I still have all these things. And I'm gonna tell you about a time I was petty uh, recently. I did a show. It was an online show, and I will. It was free. And when you watch a free online comedy show in the middle of a pandemic, if you have 
any expectations at all, you have already failed. Fuck you. Fuck you. The fact that you expect anyone to be at any level of at <laughs> of uh, you can't be applying the standards of something that you were consuming before everything has completely changed. And the fact that we haven't been able to do anything. Um, I'm, I'm already setting my I'm already fucking overly defending myself. So I do this free online show. Right. And. Um, there was like, it was like a zoom show that was being streamed to Twitch. There was like 40 or 50 people in the zoom room. And so there were some people laughing and then it was being broadcasted on a Twitch stream. And, uh, and I was on this show and there were several, this is what I was talking about. There's just several chicks that were complaining about dating. And you guys know where I'm at about that. Like, I don't care. Um, and <laughs> And I do the thing that I have been doing since I've started doing shows online where I've been reminding people that there is a human being on the other side of this laptop that they are staring into. And and I remind people that I know that we have been staring at our devices for several months and to remember to laugh out loud because the comedians, I don't know if you guys have, and this is, this is the part that I said on the actual show. This is what I ended up riffing. This isn't a thing that I always say. I just riffed on that particular show. I was like, look, I don't know if you guys heard, but comedians are fucking sad. So us not being able to hear your sweet sweet laughter um bums us out even more don't bum out the people who are already don't bum out the bummers like make sure and i'm all i'm doing is telling people to laugh out loud and encouraging them to do so because uh it's weird for people to perform to nothing and it's weird for the people watching it it's weird for the people performing it sucks <laughs> i can't tell you how many times like a, a show after somebody is bombed they're like "Ooh, i felt so bad for him yeah yeah they felt bad too it's uncomfortable for everyone so I always do a thing like that to get people engaged if they don't seem like it, if it seems like a fucking work meeting where everybody's just staring at their, like staring at the screen, not responding at all. You know, I bust people's balls and, you know, nice shirt, great virtual background or whatever the fuck. And uh, I bust people's balls and then I go into my set and the set goes great. I'm getting a lot of good feedback in the chat. My buddies on the fucking on the Twitch stream saying people are saying nice things there, which I was surprised by because I thought any comment section is, you know, that's a that's a breeding ground for people to be a cunt. Right. And uh, so I left that show feeling pretty fucking good about myself. I was like, look, one more one more good show, uh, Zoom show, a show that I was able to do anything I can to make it better. And then I get this fucking message the very next day that says, hey, hello. Oh, by the way, I yell. I'm loud. We all know this, right? Everybody here listening fucking knows this. And uh, and the fact that I haven't been able to do shows as often is, is I'm yelling even more. I can't stop fucking yelling. It's in the joke I'm doing about a f- meeting a bear. I met a fucking bear and uh, and I yelled at that bear. I yelled at a bear. Yeah. Because you know why? Because I'm yelling. Because I have so much fucking energy and anxiety and I'm full of so much of fuck. I got to get it out somewhere, you know? And I say that. I even said that in the fucking show. Here we go. This is a message from who gives a fuck, but I'm going to be petty about it. Hello, I was in the show where you yelled at us uh, this night, whenever it was. I'm homeless and in mental health recovery for severe PTSD. Anyway, I just wanted to communicate there are human beings on the other side of that. And I have a podcast too and actually teach people to create their own series. Was really interested in following your comedy until that happened. Some of us are barely even alive right now. I fucking know. Why do you think I'm creating content? Do you guys think like, do you think I want to fucking do this shit all the time? No, it's part of the reason I took a break from the fucking podcast because it's a lot to handle, everybody. We're all goddamn fucking trying our best. Go fuck yourself. And also, 
Okay, listen, I'm not trying to be a cunt here, but you're homeless and you have a podcast? Like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. I was just giving out fucking mandarin oranges and uh, and hand sanitizer and bottled water to people, to, to a dude. I'm pretty sure I was watching Die on the Sidewalk and you have a fucking podcast? I bet your tent is set up in a better studio than I have. What do you got, ads? You got ads for you trying to get fucking the soup kitchen to pick up Blue Apron so they can get 20% off? using your fucking promo code like get the fuck out of here dude get the fuck out of here i've done nothing if the if for the last few months but try to make people feel good and then these motherfuckers want to give me shit go fuck yourself anyways that was the petty thing is uh i've literally tried so hard the last few months to do nothing but try to bring people joy that is what i've been trying to do I've even said that. I've even said it in the fucking set that this person sent me this cunty fucking message over. You can't please everybody and you can't. I'm not. Listen, like I know I'm not an idiot. I know that this person is obviously uh, is uh, mentally unstable and I shouldn't be taking anything that they say into consideration. It's just incredibly frustrating when you have are exhausting yourself trying to do as many things as you possibly can because I'm not talking about it. I'm not telling people that I'm randomly fucking sending people money or sending them this or sending, you know, sending fucking pinata grams to people who posted, uh, uh, you know, that they were having a bad time anonymous. Like, I'm not saying any of this fucking shit because I don't need to because I'm just trying to do and be a nice fucking person when it's hard. That's the whole thing that to me, your value shows up because when you're fucking when everything's easy and then you could just be like, look, I fucking I gave like two grand to this thing. I don't give a shit about that. I give a shit about when it's difficult, when things are hard. That is how I have operated my entire life. I've always done shit the way more difficult. I was the fucking only broad doing this shit before there was a boom of women doing this and having any other kind of fucking support. I've been doing this shit for a long goddamn time and so when things get hard for me when it's like that's when your true character comes out that's when you fucking clock in and you try your hardest and you try the most and you fucking stuff down how you fucking feel and you fucking make everybody it's it's my mom dude my mom this is fucking my mom coming out right now my mother uh at the sign of any kind of adversity Like, dude, I remember when she lost her mom and she lost her dad. My mom was always a fucking pillar of strength for everybody else. You know, it's the same shit, dude. She just lost her fucking baby. She just lost her puppy, dude. She lost her bot. Like our family dog died like four months ago. And she always keeps it together for everybody else. And then when she's alone, she or, you know, with me or with or you pick your spots, you let it fucking out. And like. When you're doing that, when you're handling everything, when you're trying to keep, because it's like when you're talking several people off a ledge and you're trying to do everything you fucking can and then somebody has the fucking balls to try to tell you that I talked, my me talking too loud is making it hard for you to fucking live. Go fuck yourself. Um... (laughs) I'm laughing at myself. Um... Because, because also like, fuck me, right? Fuck me for being like, if I hurt somebody's feelings on, like on accident, I mean, that's their, their, those are their feelings and their feelings are real, but they're not reality. And the thing that I miss, I, the thing that I miss is not having to fucking know about it. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm such a fucking prick. Mm. I, uh. I tried to I tried to sign up for unemployment and I was on the phone with a woman for so long. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is this qualifies for common law marriage. It was I think I was on the phone with her for like five hours. I was on the phone with her for five almost her entire work day. I was on the phone with her for five hours and then a manager got involved like that. <laughs> and then guess what? Nothing happens. Nothing. The the fun is. It was like fucking six hours by the time seven, six or seven hours by the time it it was over ends. Nothing, right? Then there there was no resolution. There was no resolution. And then two weeks later, I get a letter that says I don't qualify and I have to do something else all over again. I like 
And the thing was, is you know what? I was on the phone with that. I was killing the whole fucking time. Yeah. Did I not want to be on hold for that fucking long? Did I not want to be talking to a woman? I know she's at her house. I know she's fucking trying to deal with her family and having to come back at every three minutes. That's the other fucking crazy thing, too, is like when she was on hold trying to get a hold of a manager, she would have to come back and talk to me every single three minutes. And even though I was like, no, nah, dude, I'll just wait. Like, you don't have to. And she's like, we have to. We have to come back on and talk to you every three minutes. And so every three minutes, it became like a, hey, are you still there? And I would I fucking always have, get some like it was like a it was a great. <laughs> It was like having a comedy deadline every three minutes because I was like, all right, how can I get her to laugh this time? Like, I'm trying to make literally everyone laugh all the fucking time. And then this fucking prick. Whatever. I. (laughs) All right, I'm done talking about it. Oh, yeah. So I've been I I don't know how I derailed. So I've been sexting a lot more and. I know a lot of women don't like dick pics. I know because I've seen so many female comedians talk about it on stage. That's what I'm going by. But some chicks do. And I love a contextual one. I love a, you know, I love a, I love a game of show and tell. And so this whole me not being able to see, see people thing doesn't really bother me because I'm getting to work out my smut talk. You know, I'm, I'm starting I think it's making me smarter too I think me (laughs) I think me fucking uh (laughs) typing all this like randy shit is making me smarter because I've started going to I'm I started looking at the sources I mean there's only so many times you can say the word wet before it gets boring you know so you got to start switching it up you got to say like soaked or soused or saturated or fucking sopping or you know slippery or sodden or fucking stormy (laughs) or drenched or fucking moistened whatever you could just (laughs) you could really jazz it up and how and how I got there how I've gotten so into it, I think, because I'm some sometimes I'm writing these fucking penthouse letters thing. Like at the end of it, I'm like, man, I feel pretty good about that. Um, is uh, the <laughs> is I took in college. I remember it might have even been in high school. In college, I think it was in college. There was a a comp one writing prompt where you had to describe how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That was the whole entire exercise is you had to write the directions of how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And the exercise was, is what is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Where are you? Where is the peanut butter and jelly? So where's the peanut butter? How does one open the bread? Like it was a, a, a demonstration in how details matter because when you're writing um they nobody it's a blank canvas nobody can see the setting nobody can see the imagery they don't know the background of the characters so it's just it's just a silly exercise in how you describe and set up a scene for something to happen so I just started doing that but in a sexual sense so like for instance if I'm talking to someone and like it's like you know how people like to imagine that they're in the same place or whatever I'm talking about everything I'm talking about like the sensation uh like like the nerve endings I'm talking about like like Every single part of my, like your, your breath, every single part of your body that's being affected by this sensation the whole night. Like, and I think it's making me a better writer. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? (laughs) Sexting could lead to, you know, a better education. I think it's making me a better writer. That's, that's funny to me that sexting is now a writing exercise for me. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I do think I'm gonna go off the grid for a little bit um I do think I'm gonna I'm gonna run away for a little while and uh, go hide I will probably still make sure to put something out for you guys and if I don't uh don't get mad at me um but yeah I'm probably gonna go hide in the woods not really telling anybody where 
uh, or when, but there probably will be some time coming up here where I just go AFK for a minute. And, um, and it'll be fun. It'll be excited. I'm going to go in nature. I'm going to go like, you know, around some sort of mountain situation and go look at trees, probably eat some shrooms, have a conversation with my own brain and a uh, little, uh, little, uh, little fun trip, a little exciting. I do know there's a several, <laughs> several people that, uh, have recently started microdosing and have because I talk about it so much. Um, if you don't know, I love mushrooms and I think you should microdose. Uh, obviously not if you're on SSRIs. If you're on antidepressants, don't take mushrooms because you can have a seizure. Um, but if you aren't, if you've been off of SSRIs and you, uh, like it's, you're pr- pretty confident in that it's been leave like all of that remnants of that shit has left your system. I highly recommend you using it in place of SSRIs because uh, it is incredible for mood uh, elevation. And a friend of mine who recently just started microdosing, um, he's had significantly less uh, suicidal ideations. So boom, pow, surprise. And I just love that I've been getting to hear all of these stories of people who've been able to, because there's still people who are just like, I just want to get fucking, I just want to trip balls, dude. And I always think it's funny whenever, whenever people, whenever you talk about a drug, people a lot of times will just assume it's all drugs. Like for instance, I was talking about mushrooms to somebody and somebody was like, do you know where to get ecstasy? Do you know where to get MDMA? And I'm like, well, that's not at all what I'm talking about. But um, I'm sure if I asked around, like (laughs) I'm also getting to the age now, like I think that's kind of funny too, where I'm getting to the age now where I'm growing out of some of the drugs. Like there's some drugs where I'm not really all that interested in. Um, Like I'm probably, probably never going to do meth at this point you know I just think I'm too old you know meth just seems like such a it's like either a checkout drug or an all else fails type of drug and I'm not in either one of those situations so that's probably not going to happen I I do think uh, mushrooms and weed are going to be around for a long time especially with the uh, the microdosing because I think it's so useful and um highly recommend it. I love that they have started like in Europe, they were doing research about them fucking helping people with depression and shit like that. Huge fan. Uh, so it's been really fucking lovely to have all of these people like just hit me up and just kind of tell me their experience and stuff like that. And that was another, (laughs) another fun thing. Uh, I had uh, ended up a buddy of mine hit me up when he was on mushrooms to tell me how much that he hated candy corn. <laughs> Tis the season. I know it's a very polarizing candy. <laughs> but it it but candy corn is the like it's like the fruitcake of Halloween. It it like cause there's the fruitcake in at Christmas time uh is that's the one treat where some people are like fuck fruitcake and some people are like I like it. It's festive. It's fun. I like it. You gotta have a little fruitcake. And that's how some people are with candy corn. It's like you gotta have candy corn. It's so festive. Look, you can stick it on the ends of your nails. Look at how creepy my nails are. Um but it is it is a Halloween scented candle in a bite size. It's gross. Um <laughs> every like five years I'd retry to not hate them and every five years I'm like nope still trash it's also upsetting because as as a candy like because we've evolved so much it, as far as our snack game goes in this nation like it's kind of insulting to all of the other incredible candies that have come about since like I mean even like y- you want to put a chewy, delicious, like a high chew. If you've ever been stoned and eaten a high chew or a fucking starburst, like the fact that candy corn, candy corn is kind of like the idea of all of these holidays. It's archaic. A lot of people are just still okay for their families. This the candy corn is the candy equivalent. It's like, yeah, dude, if you like it, fine. I mean, I'm not going to be mad about it, but it's trash. And we both know that it's kind of like when you're your friend, you're on the phone with your friend and they're like, you know, just trying to drive home safer. (laughs) Well, you maybe had a couple cocktails or a stone out of their ass and they're in the driveway uh, in the drive through and they're just like, ah. 
Oh, they get a four for four? That's cool. You just like, we both know this is a bad decision and trash, right? But what's the point in making fun of you for it again? <laughs> like, why even, why even do that? What's it going to do? So anyway, so I, I sent, I mailed him a box full of candy corn. And I don't mean I mailed him a box full of bags of candy corn. No, 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 no. I mean, when he opened that box, candy corn went fucking everywhere. <laughs> Some people like to troll online. I like to, do, I like to make it personal. I like to bust your balls in person. Have a moment where you get to laugh and be mad at me at the same time. Oh, it's a sweet spot. It's a sweet spot. I'm also doing an online show, my social D birthday show. My birthday's coming. Oh my God, it's going to be my birthday. It's going to be my birthday. And I think the birthdays are celebrated in the wrong way. I think the mentality is wrong about the birthday, the idea of the birthday. Uh, I think that you shouldn't be celebrating the fact that you were born because I think that's arrogant. Because... It just took somebody coming in someone. And haven't we all done that? That could have been a person. <laughs> and so for some of you, it is a person. For some of you, it was a $500 mistake. And for some of you, it was a trip to CVS and you got a plan B. Whatever the case may be, is I don't think the fact that birth happening is that special now what i do think is special is if you are still alive that's what i think the miracle of life has happened but it happens all the time and uh, so i think the fact that you're still alive is a thing to be celebrated so when i celebrate my birthday i celebrate the fact that i'm not dead Isn't that look at that dude i'm alive this many fucking years and to be honest with you i'd have to do the math because i haven't been counting the years of my life maybe for the last seven to eight years. Uh, it's not a for like a thing like I want to be younger because everybody thinks I'm younger anyway. So it doesn't really matter. I just literally don't give a fuck about it. To, qu <laughs> to quote one of the funniest things a dude that I've dated has ever said to me, uh, a dude I was dating was like, it was like, did you even go to high school? And I was like, what? What do you mean? You think I'm dumb? You don't think I could fucking finish high school? I was immediately getting defensive. And he's like, no, I just think you might be above it. <laughs> there's just so many things I just don't fucking participate in. And it's not that I think I'm above it. I just think maybe there's a better way to do it. And I'm going to do it that way. Uh, and I hope, I wish all of you have enough fucking self-confidence where if you know something's wrong, then you fucking stick to it unless there's goddamn evidence i'm talking about something silly like that not like the fact that you know covid's a real goddamn disease i'm not trying to encourage people to be like well i saw a youtube video because that's my and that's my other issue with the conspiracy theorists is some of them is you're still following like they call everybody a sheep but you're still following an idea that's something somebody else said too like unless you are coming up with this shit yourself like dude you're just as annoying as a christian who's trying to tell you to go to church like you're the same thing um you're just instead of preaching the word of god you're going look into it dude look into it bro check it out fucking you don't even know um anyways I think it's going to wrap me up for this week. Uh, I love you guys. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, please. And thank you. You want to throw money on at me? I would absolutely love that. I'm working on getting somebody having the audio synced up to some of the video episodes that are going to go up for the Patreon folks. If you are a Patreon uh, patron, is that what they're calling it? If you are a patron, thank you. Uh, if you're not, you go to patreon.com slash nosirpod and become one. Throw some cash at this bitch. Um, make sure you guys write a review. Could you? Please? Would you? Mind? Write a review on the iTunes. Email me. Did I say something that upset you? Was I being too petty towards this person, this mentally unstable person who has PTSD? Am I a cunt? Tell me about it. I don't give a shit. Nosirpod at gmail.com. At nosirpod. Make sure you're following the podcast. Make sure you watch the live one. Watch the 1023, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. I never finished plugging my show. But uh, Social D on 1024. Um, my birthday is actually 1026 if you guys want to write me something sweet. I'm not above 
taken those. Uh, 1024, it'll be at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. I have Sarah Tiana and Miss Erin Jackson, not to mention a bunch of fucking sweet special guests. Probably Jackie Cation, Ron Funches. Got a couple others that are uh, jumping on just because I'm asking people to do some new shit on my fucking fun little show for my birthday because it's my birthday. It's my birthday. And that's how I'm celebrating it. Um, trying to, again, bring people joy. I love you guys. I hope uh, you enjoyed my fucking psycho rantings this week. I adore you. I'll have a guest on next week. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye. I don't like it.